I'm VJ Hamilton and welcome to the Autoimmune Reset, the place for you to learn how to thrive with autoimmune disease and feel empowered to take steps to transform your health to feel better than ever. You can start making changes today to improve your health. So with every episode, my mission is to share with you simple ways to up-level your diet and lifestyle with key learnings from my own journey reversing autoimmune disease and inspirational stories from those who have reset their autoimmune symptoms and are now thriving in life. I suffered from autoimmune disease for over 25 years and now I live symptom-free and I wish the same for you as well. So thank you for being here and sharing this time with me. Now let's get started. Hello and welcome to today's episode where I will be talking to you about psoriasis and in particular natural therapies for psoriasis as well as talking to you a little bit more about the condition. Now for anybody that is not familiar with my own story, I struggled with various autoimmune diseases for 25 years and psoriasis was one of them. So to start today's episode, I just wanted to give you a bit of information about my own struggle with psoriasis and how I have managed to live symptom-free of psoriasis for the last eight years. Now, my psoriasis developed when I was a teenager. I was drinking a lot of milk at the time. I hadn't been away on holiday for a couple of years, and I'm not sure if that was part of the picture as well. And I was at school. I wasn't eating the greatest diet, and there was a lot of pressure with exams as well. And so the psoriasis developed on my elbows to start with, and it was very painful, and it would crack, and I would get dry skin on my hands as well. I went to the doctors and they gave me some steroid cream, which is often the first medication that somebody with psoriasis will get. When I started applying the steroid cream, it did go away. And I noticed when I reduced dairy in my diet, it got better as well. So I could see the correlation there. And again, if you don't know my full background, when I was a baby, they determined that I had an issue with dairy. They thought it was a dairy allergy. I'm not sure it was now, but I always had this association with dairy and being ill. And even though I was enjoying it as a teenager, (laughs) I knew it probably wasn't the best thing for me. And I did notice by reducing that my psoriasis got better. As I went through my life for the next 15 years, I would have flares of psoriasis, especially when I was stressed or run down. I would have a strange sensation on my elbow and I knew from that strange sensation that I was going to get a psoriasis flare. Sometimes it was really bad, sometimes it was just a a small amount and I would go back to reducing dairy in my diet. I might use a steroid cream and I was just managing it that way. And it was when I was about 25 that I started having joint issue as well because psoriasis is associated with a type of arthritis called psoriatic arthritis. Now, I never got diagnosed with that, but I'm sure there was some correlation there because, as I said, once I started working on the root cause of my issue, which was mainly prompted by having chronic fatigue syndrome because that was stopping me from being able to live my life, but as I started working on my gut health, my cellular health, my hormones, I found that my skin vastly improved to the point that 
I stopped having psoriasis flares. So I know whatever I was doing for my chronic fatigue syndrome and just working on those different areas in my body, I have been able to live free of psoriasis for over eight years, which is amazing after having it for that long and just not knowing when I was going to end up with a flare. And it was life-changing really and helped me to feel calmer, more at ease and generally more confident about my skin. I still, to this day, you're never fully cured of these conditions. I don't know, maybe I will have a flare again at some point, but I feel that whatever work I have done on addressing those imbalances in my body, it has helped with my psoriasis for the long term. So let's talk about what psoriasis is, because it is recognized as an autoimmune condition and especially around our T-cells. So it's a T-cell mediated skin condition and T-cells are a part of the immune system which are there to protect you against viruses and bacteria but they can also be fired up against self-tissue and that's where they cause the damage and they can cause the issue with the skin as seen in psoriasis. Now psoriasis often is red, it's itchy, it's scaly, and it's most often found on the knees, elbows, trunk, and scalp. Plaque psoriasis is the most common form, and you would ordinarily see that as flaky silver patches of dead skin, and that's what I would have on my elbows. What happens with psoriasis is that the skin becomes inflamed, but as a result of that, it causes a cascade reaction and more inflammatory immune cells are brought to that area of the skin, causing it to be even more inflamed, as well as growth factor. And that's the differential with other skin conditions, that psoriasis causes the skin cells to grow and regenerate at such a rate that you can't clear them. And that's why we have that build of dry and flaky skin. Most people with psoriasis, and I certainly experience this myself, will go through cycles of flares to remission. And what I would say to you is keep a journal of that to see if there are any patterns of when you develop psoriasis and what you might have been eating. For example, even when I was a teenager, I was seeing that association between eating lots of dairy and developing psoriasis. Yes, there's always going to be more contributing factors, but when you know what the main triggers are, you can avoid them and that can help you to be really proactive so that if you do have a flare, it isn't as severe because I often found with psoriasis that if I would leave it and it would get worse and worse that was when it was harder to get rid of whereas when I was very proactive if I felt the tingling in my elbow I would start my protocol straight away to, to helping it and that would help reduce my flare as I mentioned that was a shortcut approach whereas when I started really working on my health when I had chronic fatigue syndrome I really built my health up from scratch and it was quite a bumpy road to get to where I am today but that made the most difference and that's what I do with my clients who come to me and they have psoriasis I'm looking at the root cause of their psoriasis so that they can see results in the long term not just the short term it is still important to get ahead of those flares as much as possible there is a genetic association with psoriasis if one of your parents has psoriasis then you have about a 10 percent chance of getting it whereas if both your parents have psoriasis your risk is 50 percent 
And that is the case with many autoimmune conditions, that there is a genetic susceptibility often with these conditions. And I would say what I find in my family is that Many of us have autoimmune diseases, but different autoimmune diseases. And I'm not sure I know many people in my family with psoriasis, but I know that we have various different autoimmune diseases. And I'm sure the foundation of it and the genetics which are involved are the same, but it just presents differently in different people. Now, one of the most interesting points with psoriasis for me anyway, and I see this coming up with my clients again and again, is the streptococcal infection. Now, you may have heard of strep. It was in the news quite a lot in the last six months, and it can cause throat infections and tonsillitis. So when I am working with my clients, the first thing I am asking when I'm working with somebody with psoriasis is to understand if they're having recurrent throat infections, if they've had strep throat, because I know there is that link there in the scientific evidence. And a lot of the time, somebody may have a throat infection and then have a flare of psoriasis. Now, how is your throat linked to your skin, you may ask? Well, what can happen is the streptococcus in your throat can get down into your gut. And again, you might think, well, how is your gut linked to your skin? Or you might not if you've heard other episodes that I've done about your gut health. But what can happen is when that bacteria gets to the gut, often when there is an impairment in the gut function itself, because you would ordinarily kill that bacteria off. But if it is able to thrive in the gut and it starts living in the gut. It's not meant to be in the gut, streptococcus. But if it is there, and then for whatever reason, perhaps you got stressed or you overexerted yourself or other reasons why you may develop leaky gut syndrome, what can happen is that streptococcus that is in the gut can then get into the bloodstream and then it can initiate a reaction on the skin. And one study from 2003 suggested that psoriasis patients should be encouraged to report a sore throat to their physician to start early treatment of a streptococcal throat infection as it might be beneficial in proactive treatment for psoriasis. And this is why I often suggest a stool test when somebody comes to me with psoriasis because we can rule out whether this might be a cause. And I would say nine times out of 10, when I am doing a stool test for someone with psoriasis, I find streptococcus in their gut. And that is the great thing about these stool tests. They give you that insight of bacteria that are not beneficial and they can even be harmful when they are in the gut. And the stool test that I run does test for numerous bacteria that are associated with autoimmune disease. I see it with psoriasis, I see it with Crohn's disease, and I see it quite often with ankylosing spondylitis because Klebsiella is often associated with ankylosing spondylitis. And for every client that I have tested with that condition, they have Klebsiella. So I am seeing it in my clinical practice as well as in the scientific evidence. Another association with psoriasis is inflammatory bowel disease. And it is again to do with the microbiota and the bacteria that are often found in the gut and 
are the cause of these inflammatory pathways. So both in psoriasis and in inflammatory bowel disease. Some research even suggests that psoriasis isn't an autoimmune disease. It is the result of the bacteria having an impact on the innate immune system and causing that inflammatory response in the skin. That is just a theory, but it is worth considering that with all autoimmune diseases that there is this pathogenic effect of viruses and bacteria and they might not be the only factor in developing those conditions, but they certainly can be a trigger or they might be the reason that that inflammatory response is initiated in the first place, which is why a lot of the time I'm looking at any unhelpful bacteria that my clients may have in their gut or any viral overload that they might have in the body because I find that when you clear out those bacteria or unburden the body of a buildup of viruses my client's symptoms will improve just as a result of doing that and one of the significant steps forward in my own health was when I did an antiviral protocol because I had post-viral chronic fatigue syndrome and by ridding my body of those latent viruses as much as I possibly could do with that protocol, I found that my energy increased hugely and that is why I will ask my clients if they have had their viral load checked because it is worth knowing that to understand whether there is a a burden on the body at that moment in time. But for psoriasis, it seems that this bacterial element is key. Now, the next piece of evidence, which I always find interesting for my clients, and it's something that I often explore, is the association between psoriasis and celiac disease. And there have been studies that have shown that for psoriasis patients with a sensitivity to gluten, a gluten-free diet can greatly lower inflammation and vastly improve symptoms. Now, this is particularly apparent for those who do have celiac disease, that when they remove gluten from the diet, and you would expect that to be the case anyway, but when gluten is removed from the diet, their symptoms of psoriasis greatly improve and there was a 2014 review concluded that a gluten-free diet may be beneficial for psoriasis patients who have elevated celiac disease antibodies. So again, just worth exploring if you have psoriasis. Looking at my own health journey, I took gluten out of my diet quite early on. That helped with symptoms of chronic fatigue, but it also helped with psoriasis and alopecia. So I'm not sure how gluten affected my body because it could have been affecting it in various ways. I never tested positive to celiac disease, but I may have had non-celiac gluten sensitivity, or it may be that it had the effect of increasing intestinal permeability and causing leaky gut syndrome and that had an effect on my symptoms. I never rule out bringing gluten back into my diet but I must say I don't miss it which is the reason I have not brought it back in and I eat plenty of other high fibre foods and legumes and grains and that works for me and everybody is going to be different but again it's just worth exploring that. Now, the other thing about psoriasis is the effect of chemicals on the skin. And this can be through various exposures, including tattoos, any injury, infections, sunburn, alcohol, medications, but it can also be tobacco. The buildup of these chemicals on our skin or the exposure to these chemicals can increase the risk of developing psoriasis. And I have worked with clients before who have 
had tattoos and then have developed quite severe psoriasis as a result of having those. Now I expect that the gut health and other elements such as stress are also a significant factor in the development of psoriasis but this may be part of the trigger so the skin may already have certain deficiencies and then once it is exposed to these chemicals then the inflammatory process is initiated and that goes on to develop to psoriasis. A study did conclude that an increased level of education among patients and medical practitioners and tattooists concerning general precautions of tattooing in psoriasis is advisable. So again just worth bearing in mind if you have a genetic susceptibility to psoriasis or you've had psoriasis in the past it is just keeping an open mind around that. So let's talk about natural therapies for psoriasis and what you can do. Because I've seen in my clinic and interventions that I've tried on myself, these have been quite successful and this is based on the scientific evidence as well. But fatty acids are essential for skin health, especially the omega-3 fatty acids, which are more anti-inflammatory than pro-inflammatory. I have spoken about the ratio of omega-3s and omega-6s before. We are exposed to a lot of omega-6 fatty acids in our diet because they are in processed industrial seed oil, which is in a lot of different processed foods. We have omega-6s in meat, and in nuts and in lots of the foods that we're consuming every day. Whereas to get omega-3s, it's a little bit more of a challenge. You can get omega-3s from some vegetarian products such as flax seeds and chia seeds, but really to get those active omega-3s that the body is able to utilize very quickly, the main place you will find this is in fish oil. And that is why when I work with somebody with psoriasis and they're not consuming a lot of fish, then it might be worth looking at their omega-3 profile. And again, you can test for this to find out what your balance of omegas is, especially if you're not consuming fish or you haven't consumed fish for a long time. I do think that is worth investigating. And then you can either start increasing the amount of fish in your diet, being mindful of the toxicity in certain fish and using that SMASH acronym because those smaller fish have less toxicity in them. So SMASH stands for salmon, mackerel, anchovies, sardines and herring. And having those in the diet and eating those at least three times a week, if not more, is going to be really helpful or supplementing with fish oil. I think it is important to know your baseline first, which is where that Amiga test can be very helpful and it's quite a convenient test that you can do at home. The other very important nutrient that I see time and time again is vitamin D, not just in psoriasis, but in other autoimmune conditions. But I think for psoriasis, there is a lot of evidence to suggest that a vitamin D deficiency can trigger psoriasis. And vitamin D is essential for keeping the immune system in check. So when your immune system is initiated and you have that inflammatory response, there is a separate part of the immune system that helps keep that regulated. And that's where vitamin D is very important because it helps with that regulation process. 
and making sure that your immune system doesn't keep firing up, which is the case in psoriasis. So I would always get your vitamin D levels checked if you have a psoriasis flare. And again, you can do a very straightforward test that you can buy on the internet. I recommend the company Thriver and you can get that sent to your house. You can also get it checked at your doctor. But if you are going through a psoriasis flare and it's been over the winter time, you haven't had much exposure to the sun, it might be worth checking your vitamin D levels and that might be part of the picture as well. And then as you increase your vitamin D levels, you'd hope that your symptoms would improve. The other vitamin that has been heavily researched in psoriasis is vitamin E. Vitamin E is a powerful antioxidant and we know we really need to bring down that inflammatory response and the oxidative stress that can be a factor in psoriasis and that's how vitamin E can help and research suggests that combining it with CoQ10 and selenium can be particularly helpful. As for diet, most of the research seems to suggest that a Mediterranean style diet is very helpful for psoriasis. I would say there's a lot to look into here and psoriasis can be very helpful in terms of bringing in some lovely oils like olive oil and oily fish and also all the colourful vegetables and fruits which can help to bring down inflammation in the body but you may still need to dig a bit deeper. I'm not sure the Mediterranean diet in and of itself is going to be the only thing that can help with psoriasis, but it can be helpful. And again, with any autoimmune condition, I would be considering food sensitivities because they can flare up the immune system and also they can contribute to leaky gut syndrome. So if you did, for example, have streptococcus in the gut and you had a food sensitivity, those two things combined may then contribute to you developing a psoriasis flare. Just bear all these factors in mind when you are considering what might be the cause of your own psoriasis. And interestingly, when it comes to sleep, they have found that melatonin levels, which is the sleep hormone and helps you be able to switch off and fall into uh, into sleep, is often lower in psoriasis patients. So I'm not sure whether it is the, the psoriasis causing the low melatonin or if somebody who is less inclined to sleep is then going to be more at risk of developing psoriasis. But it is an interesting finding. So if you are struggling with sleep, then that might be something to work on as well and making sure that you don't have any nutrient deficiencies. And again, another test that I might run with somebody who has psoriasis is my metabolomics panel, which tests for nutrient deficiencies. A lot of the time when I'm talking about certain nutrients which are beneficial for these conditions, it's when you are nutrient deficient that they can cause an issue. And the metabolomics panel not just tests for nutrient deficiencies, but also how well you're generating energy at the cellular level, whether there is any toxicity there or bacterial or yeast overgrowth. And it gives you a really great insight into your current health status. So that might be something else to explore. A potential intervention for psoriasis, which I have used with a couple of clients, I didn't use it on myself, but I have used it with clients and seen some really great results, is whey protein isolate. When you take whey protein for three months, 
they have found that those with psoriasis, their symptoms greatly improve. Now, why would whey protein help with this? Well, whey protein enhances the production of glutathione, which is the body's most powerful antioxidant. So when we take the whey protein, which can help with the production of glutathione, what that is going to help is one, bring down the inflammation in the body, but also help with detoxification. And we know with psoriasis that chemicals can be a factor by supporting our detoxification pathways. We're making sure that we're clearing those chemicals out the body, which may improve symptoms of psoriasis. So it's a great study to go and have a look at. It's from 2013 and I will put a link to it in the show notes as well if you want to have a look at that. But obviously when you're using any of these natural therapies to help with psoriasis, I would always recommend working with a practitioner. In this podcast today, I am giving you what has worked for me and my clients, but you are an individual and it's always best to take the advice from a practitioner rather than anything that I am discussing here today. This is just to give you some food for thought, potential interventions that may help with psoriasis, different testing and and areas that you can explore. I hope you found today's episode helpful around psoriasis. I honestly never thought I would have long-term relief from psoriasis. I had got quite used to it and it was just something that would flare up sometimes and it would normally give me a good indication of when I needed to take a bit more care of my health. But I am so glad that I went through the process of finding the root cause of my issues, exploring my gut health, improving my cellular health so that now I don't go through these psoriasis flares. That's what can happen when you start to improve symptoms of autoimmune disease. It has a knock-on effect to different areas in your life and can just make you feel so much better. So I hope you found the information helpful. If you have any questions about today's episode, please feel free to go over to my Instagram account at the Autoimmunity Nutritionist. And also, I'd love to see you over in my my free Facebook group, the Autoimmunity Community. This month, we are focusing on female health, and I am sharing sleep tips with you every day because I really do believe that sleep is the foundation to your health. And without good sleep practices in place and getting deep and restorative sleep, then it is very hard to accelerate in the other areas of your health, which is why everybody should be focusing on their sleep as a priority. So I hope to see you over there. If not, have a great rest of your week and I will speak to you soon. Take care. Thank you very much for joining me today on the Autoimmune Reset. I really hope you enjoyed the discussion and be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. And if you liked it, I would hugely appreciate a review on iTunes as it helps me understand what you like about the podcast and to help share the information with more people. I'm excited to speak to you next time. And remember, you have the power to take the reins on your health. So keep the faith and celebrate the small wins. Until next time.